Years ago, I was at an event, a fundraising event, and best-selling author Wally Lamb was the speaker. And he shared a story about the day in the mid-90s when Oprah called to tell him she'd chosen one of his first novels for her book club. Now, I don't know if you all remember, but an Oprah selection could turn an unknown author into a household name overnight and increase that author's book sales by millions, I mean, literally millions. So here's Wally Lamb on the phone in his kitchen, because most phones then were attached to walls in that room, talking to Oprah and hearing that the life as he knew it was about to change significantly. And his son walked through the room. As his 16-year-old son passed by, remember, he's on the phone with Oprah, his son batted him on the back of the head and said, nerd. How grounding is that? His son doesn't care that his father is about to become a household name. He doesn't know who he's on the phone with. He's just his dad, and he's a nerd. <laughs> Wally Lamb said that memory kept him humble throughout a very successful career that continues to this day. Ultimately, he's just a nerdy dad. Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, among their own kin, and in their own house. For Wally Lamb, though, this nerdy dad comment really helped to center him. It helped him not to get too full of himself. He may be a New York Times best-selling author, but he loves being a dad to a sassy teenager. Those things coexisted naturally and peaceably. One identity did not get in the way of the other. This does not seem to be the case for Jesus. When Jesus returns to his hometown of Nazareth, there was no tousling of his hair and sentiments of, we knew him when, or, oh, he's our hometown boy made good. We saw a few weeks ago that Jesus' family traveled a great distance to restrain him when he was teaching and preaching and casting out demons? Was he out of his mind? Was he an agent of Satan? Those who once knew Jesus do not now know Jesus. The lines in this text, which may appear throwaway to us in 2021, is this not the carpenter? Is this not the son of Mary? Those two would have had a very different impact on those who heard this story long ago. Both are disparaging. The first statement declares that he is nothing more than an uneducated laborer. And the second implies that he is of questionable lineage. By only mentioning his mother and not saying he's the son of Joseph. Jesus' hometown reception is so cold and hostile 
that he could do no deed of power there is one of the translations. The other we heard tonight is he could not perform miracles. And I love that little bit tucked in, though, except that he did actually heal a few sick people. He was appalled at their disbelief. That's a lot to take in. He could do no deed of power there. He could perform no miracles. We've seen many times that Jesus performs miracles in the face of skepticism and downright unbelief. So what makes this moment different? What is it that makes doubt and disdain from those who who should know us best so paralyzing? I see this moment as evidence among many pieces of evidence in the Gospels of Jesus' humanity. It highlights Jesus' ability to identify so deeply with some of our most profound pain and hurt. How many of us have been dismissed by our own families? Having just concluded Pride Month, I would guess that is a profound question for many. On this 4th of July, how many are feeling a little less celebratory and a little more than just saddened by the division within families based on the political climate we have all endured over the past many years in America? How many believe that they are the least understood and the least accepted by their own hometowns? and their own families. It is paralyzing. He could do no deed of power there. He could perform no miracles. From this experience that Jesus has just had, he advises his disciples how to move through the world and do their ministry. We know that again and again, when Jesus called his followers, he had them drop everything, Leave loved ones, leave families, follow him. He was creating a new community, a new family, especially for many who needed that, a different way of moving through the world. Jesus gives them authority and power to perform their ministry. Jesus exhorts the disciples to accept hospitality where it is extended and to move along where it is not. Reject hostility and accept hospitality. I don't know about you, but I have found hospitality in some of the most unexpected places. Many of us have had to make family, create family, away from our hometowns and our families of origin. Jesus understands this. Jesus redefines what family can be because sometimes it just needs to be otherwise. And like Jesus, we cannot stay where we are disparaged or where we are not invited to change 
and grow, or where we become paralyzed by unbelief. We need to move along, shake the dust off our feet, and seek out the places where we are valued, believed, and welcomed. Over lunch this past week, Richard and I were talking about sermon themes. Preachers are often said to have one theme, and they preach every sermon hitting that again and again and again. Some balk at being pigeonholed like this, Richard. However, I don't mind. I know what I think mine is. And after you all have listened to me for a few years, I wonder if you'll agree. So what? That's it. Simply. So what? My theme. So what does it matter? So what do we do with this in 2021? If Scripture is alive and God is still speaking, what do we do with these stories today? How do we read them? How do we find ourselves in them? How are they relevant to our lived experience? Otherwise, it's just fiction or history. So what? This gospel lesson gives me comfort in affirming that nothing we experience, Jesus has not, including disenfranchisement. This gospel lesson also challenges me to look at how I and our community practice hospitality. Do we truly create space in our homes and in our place of worship? And do we welcome those who have been turned away? One commentator said that she despises the term radical hospitality. That's a big one in religious circles right now. We practice radical hospitality. She said that's a bunch of bunk. There's hospitality and there's not. And no qualifier is necessary. That's the so what for me. Are we a place that allows for grounding and centering and all of the ups and downs of life and for people to bring their full selves, like Wally Lamb's house, where he's a best-selling author and a nerdy dad, and both of those coexist and are honored? Or are we a place where people feel the need to shake the dust off their feet as they take leave? I pray not.